My name is Tim Dezeeuw. I'm a professor of astronomy at Leiden University and I have been director general of the European Southern Observatory for the past decade. The editors of any reviews of astronomy and astrophysics have asked me to interview Professor Jane Nasto, who has written the prefatory chapter for the 2018 edition. Jan has worked all his life at the Tartu Observatory in Estonia and he has made major contributions to the field of astrophysics. In particular, he had a key role in the realization that galaxies are embedded in giant dark halos. And even more interestingly and importantly, he was a pioneer in understanding what we now call the large-scale structure of the universe. Uh, and we often refer to this as the cosmic web. Jan has won many prizes and awards uh, as a result of his achievements, and they include the Marcel Grossman Award, the Ambertsumian Prize, the Gruber Prize, an honorary doctorate in Turku in Finland, and many very high honors in his native Estonia. We are here at his family farm at beautiful Egri Lake, 70 kilometers southwest of Tartu, uh, where we hope to discuss the contents of his chapter. So Jan, you have summarized your life and the research you did in a beautiful chapter for any reviews. And I'm wondering uh, where we should start. Maybe we should start with your childhood and growing up in Estonia during the war years. I was born in Tartu in 29. Uh, my father was a, a teacher and a director of a girls' school in Tartu. Uh, I am the first uh, child in the family, and I had uh, seven sisters and, and brothers. Now uh, six are still alive. I had my school years in Tartu. Uh, it was difficult time because at this time um, the political situation in Estonia changed. Uh, first years, not ten years or so, it was still free Estonia. My uh, mother family comes from South Estonia where we are now here. This house where we are sitting now was built uh, 1868, it's roughly 150 years old. When I was born, uh, 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 our family was still here, but my grandfather has died one year before I, I was born. Um, your family had changed the name from a more German-sounding name a while earlier yeah. to your current name, Enasto, which is quite uh, an interesting story. This was a tradition. People in old times were called according to the farm they lived. When I was in a wartime, in, in my other grand, uh, grandmother's farm, uh, I was called Turgian. So, uh, the farm where my father's no, uh, ancestors were was called in Estonian Rautzeppa, and uh, uh, German translation is Eisenschmidt. Eisenschmidt. So, my father had all this name I also had, and in in thirties my father changed, and he uh, wanted a name, uh, two conditions: the letters must avoid such special Estonian letters, 
uh, to no, avoid mis, uh, misgrips. And uh, some similarity with the original, and then he invented as Einastor, uh, it is just a, uh, a transposition. transposition of Estonia. I didn't know it. I learned it much, much, much later. So when you were at high school, uh, the war had started. First the Russians came, then the Germans came. You were still um, taking lessons. And you also, I believe, um, became very interested in astronomy. My astronomy interest started in, in early uh, 1943. My father made me a, a present a book, astro astronomy book for Christmas 42. I started to read, it was so interesting. I started to visit Tartu Observatory, then met, the first person I met was the author of the book. So, uh, and it was so interesting, the director of the observatory, uh, Professor Rothsmey, uh, was informed on my interest and invited me to his lectures. It was late uh, 43. Uh, at this time I was 14 years old. And I, um, I am surprised myself, I couldn't understand. I, I needed, of course, some help from uh, no, uh, textbooks, spherical uh, trigonometry and some, some other books, but they were available for real uh, gymnasium. And so it was. So I, I rewrote all the lectures, studied, and I am really surprised that I understood everything. And this continued until end of January '44. Somewhere in that period, you also describe in your chapter, um, you had a big adventure um, leaving the farm and getting in the middle of a gunfight. Unfortunately, Russians took me, me uh, to help uh, to evacuate a wounded soldier, even t t two times. And uh, second time, uh, I was stupid enough to left the uh, horse and cart to try to go to other, uh, others who were hi hidden in a, a valley. But then I was taken by Russians uh, uh, as a spy. And I, I spent two, two weeks in Russian, know how to say, prison. Uh, prison. Yeah, it was uh, uh, probably the Soviet military uh, intelligence, Smersh. And um, only a few, uh, later I have heard, few people uh, avoided uh, worst things. And I, I was one of these who, who was left free. After the war, um, some more reasonable or normal schedule uh, became possible. Only in October uh, it was possible to go back to Tartu. And then schools were already opened, and I, I went back to my, my, my gymnasium. But what I observed uh, earlier, there were two uh, high schools, uh, one uh, real and one humanitarian. Both had two parallel classes in, in every class. But now, in our class, 
instead of four, they were uh, joined, both schools, uh, not real, not humanitarian, uh, just, just uh, no, secondary, secondary school. And um, instead of four, uh, two classes, one class uh, uh, higher, only one instead of four, and one more, one half. That means so large were losses of Estonian young men during the war. They were uh, either um, some evacuated to west, just taken to, to military, you know, this um, uh, German uh, Luftwaffenhilfdienst, uh, uh, or, or, or Russian army. Anyway, losses were very, very, very great. But I was, uh, I had luck. After finishing high school, um, in the period where you also became quite interested in astronomy, you entered the university and you clearly were interested in studying astronomy. How did that work? Uh, actually, um, I had already from, the, uh, from Rothschild's lectures some inter introduction. When, when I entered uh, university, uh, uh, I was together with uh, a group for physics and mathematics. But uh, I was a single person who was interested in astronomy. So I made for myself a special plan, which was uh, approved. But uh, according to the uh, no, uh, 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 Moscow University example, at this time in Moscow University, astronomy was under mathematics. So I was also under mathematics. So uh, most what I needed, I learned from uh, textbooks. It was, I was surprised that it was not so difficult, spherical astro astronomy, high geodesy, and etc. No, mass, mathematics and some elements of theoretical physics was together with others. But quite soon I started to do my own research because I had free time because uh, uh, no, reading these textbooks, it was not, not so time-consuming. Actually, this was my mistake. It would be better if I had mo uh, more time to study together with others, other fields. So I am, uh, I am no, fluent in classical astronomy, but I am uh, not fluent with modern uh, astrophysics. It came later, and it was already late to, to study it. Uh, I already started to do my, uh, some studies, and they were first in classical style. And why did you pick uh, Moscow University as the example? Was it because of a specific astronomer, or it was Moscow University? Actually, uh, as uh, uh, after after high school, I first uh, visited in summertime Leningrad, as it was called at this time, also Polkovo Observatory, just uh, as an you know, excursant visitor. And next year, uh, Moscow. And uh, in Moscow, I visited Störberg Institute. Uh, but at this time, I didn't have contact with uh, astronomers. But next year, uh, after first year, I was uh, in Tartu University already involved in students' science so society. It was such a so society. 
uh, and I was elected as um, uh, no member of the team from Tartu University who went to Moscow. And then as member of the team, I visited Sterberg Institute already officially. I met Professor Paranago and, and other no, top-level scientists. So, and uh, as a member of the Tartu University team, I had no, uh, no diplomatic uh, barrier, so it was no, natural. So, and this seemed to me uh, the style what uh, Paranago had, very close to Tartu, because uh, both Rotsma and Kuzmin, my, my mentor, they worked in stellar uh, no statistics and stellar dynamics. Paranago was the best expert in Soviet Union at this time in this field, natural to me. So actually my first uh, study was under the influence of Paranago. He suggested to study kinematics of main sequence stores because he has discovered that main sequence is not homogeneous. First part is more or less homogeneous, no, A and B stars. But second part, you know, starting from F, F, G, M, uh, seems to be inhomogeneous. He mm, uh, suggested to study this uh, kinematically. How the distribution and, uh, is, is, is it, uh, you know, it can be with, uh, expressed with one Gaussian, or no, Maxwellian, or Schwarzschild, or, or several. And this was my topic. I found that uh, first part is homogeneous, second part not. And this can be explained uh, uh, as difference in evolution. That means in first part, there are only young stars. In, in the middle and, and lower part is a mixture of uh, uh, young and uh, old stars. And thi but this was new, uh, not new result, it was only confirmed what was already known. So I made uh, this as a diploma thesis, later as PhD thesis, no Soviet candidate, but then it was over. It, it was not interesting to continue. You had the advantage of working on what you might call an almost interdisciplinary field where you look at the properties of the stellar populations, but you also look at the kinematics. Yeah, and, advanced, and you had um, um, and you had um, uh, you had two very good uh, mentors with their own way of doing research. Yes, at this time, uh, Sternberg Institute was uh, uh, in very good position in in the world to understand um, uh, stellar populations. Uh, later, I compared this with Ort uh, review in, in Vatican, it, when it was 57 or, or yes, roughly so. And I discovered that it is very close to understanding we had using our own Tartu experience and Moscow experience. In Tartu, we had Epic. Epic has studied stellar evolution. Had he understood stellar evolution, not the uh, movement of stars from main sequence to red giants, already in in uh, 38. That means, and at this time, Rothsmeyer started his studies of kinematics. It was in the same spirit as Egan, Lindenbell, and Sandage 20 years later. 
even more, uh, 60, yeah, 62. Which was an extremely influential paper. Yeah, um, only difference was uh, uh, Rothschild made it not just from empirical point of view. He has not such good theoretical background as, you know, say, uh, Donald Lindenbell had, and not so, so good empirical data as Eg Olin Egan had. But uh, the spirit, how to say, the question was the same. Right, but you did have a very, very good dynamicist in Tartu. Oh yeah, Kuzmin was, actually, Kuzmin started uh, when he was still a student in late, late uh, uh, 30s. Uh, and uh, already in the 40s, he was a very good expert in stellar dynamics. Uh, and in early 50s, he made his you know, most important contributions on the third integral, galactic models, and uh, a lot of other uh, problems, uh, stellar uh, dynamics. Actually, both uh, three three or even four persons, Rotsme, uh, Öpik, Paranago, Kuzmin, they uh, uh, helped me to, uh, to start, uh, to have a very good starting position. The work with Kuzmin that you did uh, was obviously focused on making models for galaxies or for the galaxy. And one of the problems that uh, I also remember from my own training in Leiden uh, was of interest in that period to Jan Oort uh, was, and even before, and Lindblad, was whether there all the components of the galaxy were accounted for in the models. One sees the stars in the galactic disk, there is the bulge, there are halo stars, and the question was is there dark matter in the galactic disk or is there some unaccounted for matter? And you were involved in that as well with Kuzmin. Um, actually, Kuzmin started uh, to study this problem in, in, in uh, I think, in the early 40s. Um, uh, he has a young, young collaborator of Tartu, Tartu University, and he studied very carefully um, uh, Ort work, uh, 32. Uh, and there were two, uh, two key elements. One is a, a local density of matter, just vertical oscillation of stars, and second is a general distribution of matter in, in radius. And in, uh, he, he studied Oort's work very, very carefully, and he found that in order to uh, find the vertical os oscillations, uh, uh, Oort's uh, method to do it is slightly too robust. He found some, uh, some way to do it a little bit more accurately. The key is, uh, actually there are several key elements. One is uh, uh, to calculate the acceleration. It is not needed to have the uh, run of gravitational potential over a uh, large z-interval. Only what is needed is a gradient of the acceleration in a vertical direction uh, at the uh, um, uh, symm symmetry plane, nothing more. And this can be calculated using uh, velocity, uh, ratio of velocity dispersion to uh, uh, spatial di di uh, 
distribution dispersion. This was the first element. Second, in, uh, in order to avoid errors, observational errors, you need to have the same objects, not different objects, not uh, one kind of objects in, uh, for um, uh, uh, movements and other for position. You have to take the same. That means um, velocities must be taken, tangential velocities, which come from proper motion, vertical corporation uh, from proper motions, and distance come in both cases to uh, calculate the distance and to find um, from proper motion uh, vertical. And if you take the ratio, distance error cancel is out. This is second key element. And uh, both, both elements show it, if, if you apply, that um, you get for the density a value which is roughly equal to the um, sum density of, uh, if you sum all the populations. That means roughly uh, 0.1 uh, uh, solar masses per cubic, uh, cubic parsec. This is one element. And second is <coughs> the radial distribution. Uh, at this time, uh, I don't remember the Oort result at this time, but his, his work was basically the vertical oscillation. Yeah. But at this time, uh, other people have studied uh, you know, mass distribution in galaxies, and the key problem was how to find on, on uh, large distances, how to extrapolate. Yeah. And there are two possibilities, one to extrapolate rotational velocities, just to infinity in some way. The other possibility is to extrapolate the density. Paranago uh, uh, built a mod model at this time. It was 50. Uh, Schmidt model was six years later. Paranago uh, uh, extrapolated circular velocity. And uh, what Kuzmin discovered is if you extrapolate in this way, calculate the, the density, at some uh, distance, the density becomes negative, no, only a little bit. But if you integrate to, uh, to infinity, the total mass will be zero. Yeah, so that was not a good model. Not a good model. And then Kuzmin asked me to do calculations for his model, just uh, in this part. Uh, density was already uh, finished. Uh, uh, local density, but not, not this mass mm -hmm. distribution. And then I discovered, and this was my contribution, uh, first use rotational data and calculate uh, integral equation to find the, the matter density up to the last point which has measured. And then extrapolate not uh, velocity, but density, smoothly to zero. This was my contribution. In this case, the total model is roughly the same as Paranaco, but it has always a non-zero and not a non-negative density, yes. and it smoothly goes to uh, to infinity. And this was uh, in Kuzmin model the uh, first, how to say, important step. And uh, in my case, I just understand, understood how to do modeling properly. Kuzmin, yes. uh, know how to say, approach was excellent. No, he was clearly a, 
first-rate dynamicist and his contributions uh, only gradually became known in the Western world because of yeah. publication. Yeah. Uh, we will get to this, of yeah. how it was published. Um, but it also set you up perfectly for starting to understand the yeah. mass distribution in the outer regions of galaxies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, second, Kuzmin's uh, second paper on, on, on uh, galactic mass uh, models was uh, several years later, 56. And then uh, this uh, rotational data, uh, Dutch rotational data, uh, which are used in Martin Schmidt model, were already available. I already uh, I, I, I helped Kuzmin to make the calculations, and then I found another, know how to say, key element what, uh, what Kuzmin used in his model. First, he understood when, when we do properly the, uh, the extrapolation that uh, escape velocity is not equal to the Oort limiting velocity. It's much higher. Yeah. The reason is that uh, objects which move with this uh, maximum possible velocity, this uh, Oort velocity, they, they are members of the, of the galaxy, they can go in the apocalypticum to border of the galaxy, but not to infinity. And because galaxy has finite dimensions, then that means they cannot go to infinity. And then I discovered that uh, using this, how to say, uh, no potential uh, calculations, it is possible to estimate the solar solar velocity, because from the direct observation, it's not so well known. You know the differential velocity, not Dutch data, but not the absolute. And then we, when you have the proper uh, local velocity, then you extrapolate both density and um, these uh, uh, objects with maximal uh, uh, Oort velocity. The distances can, um, must be no, uh, limiting radius must be the same. If you have too high velocity, they uh, uh, no, differ in uh, one way. If you have too low velocity, they differ in, uh, in, uh, in an opposite way and just in proper way. But, and this method gives very good value, but if, if you have the dark matter included. At this time, we didn't have it, so we got 250. The modern value is uh, 220. I got this modern um, in 1978, uh, calculating my own model, when already dark matter uh, halo was known. That means at this time, uh, this method gives proper value. Right, and now you have skipped over the intermediate step. Oh yeah, of, this of is getting. just a look, a yes, look yes, ahead. Yes. Uh, but uh, at this time, it was my, my small contribution. Uh, important is I understood how to do modeling. Uh, and next step was, but in Kuzmin, but it was a uh, no, uh, one component model. Uh, not uh, different populations were not explicitly uh, there. And then when, when I finished my kinematic studies and started to think what to do, the natural uh, step was to do modeling, but in addition to, to general no mass distribution, to add real populations 
flat, bulge, disk, halos, they are rarely observed. They have some uh, properties which can be observed. It, it comes, came from experience. I early had from kinematic studies and from uh, no, uh, Moscow uh, group. They, they had very good um, understanding. And then you applied this, I believe, to the Andromeda Nebula. Uh, first uh, to our own galaxy. Uh, and this was actually my first uh, uh, study I started from uh, my own initiative. First, the uh, kinematic study, no, uh, uh, Paranago, uh, uh, no, how to say, suggested topic, but this was my own choice. And this was the first paper where uh, in our galaxy the different populations were, and where, uh, there I had a problem how to extrapolate properly. And then I understood that a proper way to extrapolate uh, is, is uh, using densities and densities of real populations, because this can be found uh, observationally using different uh, uh, you know, out, uh, outer galaxies, Andromeda. But I applied first to our galaxy and next to Andromeda. And then I found the discrepancy. Yes, and the discrepancy was at large radii. Oh yeah, and um, actually it was a great problem because uh, first, using Kuzmin and his uh, students uh, studies, I knew that uh, there is no local, uh, uh, no dark matter. I didn't know that it, it's only local, but but uh, I thought that dark matter in general, and I was very confident that Kuzmin has right. It's it's no way. And then the only way to uh, find a solution in this um, uh, no large distance uh, from the galactic center is to uh, suppose that uh, the rotational velocities are not actually circular. They are large scale radial motions. And some observational evidence was also because different in different parts of galaxies, in, uh, no, when you have one is approaching while uh, receding, uh, the curves are not identical. So that means there are some radial motions. But it was a much smaller effect. Later I understood this. And the key element, how to, how to put the multi-component model together, is to find mass to luminous ratios of individual populations. This was the key element, the next key element. So this whole um, development of the astronomers starting to understand that something wasn't right between the amount of light you see yeah. and the amount of gravity that yeah. uh, is actually there. Yeah. This, of course, had a, had a long history. Zwicky had already uh, uh, discovered this problem in galaxy clusters. Schwarzschild had looked at it in 1954 and he plotted m over l as a function of radius with the data available at the time and concluded hmm, this is getting very large in the outer regions even yeah. of galaxies. Um, others were working on this, the radio astronomers got into this and you were working on this independently with here in Estonia. Yeah on M31 and also concluded that there had to be, you called them coronas, I believe. Yeah. 
uh, actually, uh, uh, I had one intermediate uh, step, and this was. Uh, it was very difficult to find mass-dominant ratios of individual populations. Yeah. Different data gave very discrepant uh, uh, results. And then it, uh, it, was, uh, it was needed to have some, how to say, uh, approach which uh, unites all these different, different uh, determinations. And the only way is to, uh, is to calculate physical evolution models, because uh, populations, they got say present properties during the evolution. And then I, I developed independently uh, uh, models of physical evolution, populations and, and galaxies. And so uh, the key element was uh, calibration of these um, uh, mass to ratios, because uh, actually it comes from um, a stellar mass uh, function. Mass function has some limits from uh, low mass and upper mass. If you go to in, uh, zero to infinity, then its uh, integral is, is diverging. So you, you, you must fix it. And so key uh, here in this case was lower mass limit. And then I, I put it for different chemical compositions in the interval from one-tenth to one-hundredth solar, solar mass. So, um, as we just concluded, um, you realized that um, not finding dark matter near the sun in the galactic disk, the, the null result with Kuzmin, uh, did not mean that there could not be dark matter at large radii after this work you did. Yeah, and so, so the natural question is what it is, Absolutely. what it could be. Yes. Then, uh, first I already knew from my population models that it cannot be stars, because right. there are no population with such uh, yes. properties. Uh, it, it, uh, not, the master luminous ratio must be thousand or more. Yes, Absolutely no, no. Um, uh, real population can uh, evolve to this. It must be something uh, uh, else. Then, um, then uh, the one question is uh, uh, neutral gas. But neutral gas in such quantity could be observed. Yep. Nothing is observed, excluded. My first quest was hot gas. Yep. It's the same what Karl Walcher, later I, I yes. discovered this. But uh, when I made report on my results uh, in, uh, in, uh, in a winter school, I reported this, and uh, Zeldovich students, they were very quick in calculations, they calculated that uh, uh, hot gas also uh, could be observed. No, one is uh, in, in clusters, in, in uh, mm -hmm. X-ray gas. It's also, actually it's observed, but the quantity is much less than, than needed. Yes. So there were no, no clear uh, near quantities. So the question was really open, and it, it was open uh, for 10 years. Uh, well, it still is. No, no, <laughs> no, we know that it is not baryonic, but yes. it came later. We, uh, we, we know that it is not neutrino. Of uh, uh, 
even neutrinos were considered when, when I made my, my yes. report. And the law which uh, people, they were very quick in calculations. They found that for neutrinos to be in, in a clump must, must be rough, roughly 10 to 15 solar masses. Galactic coronas had masses 10 to uh, 12. Thousand so times different. That birth. means something, el something else. Very good. So it was real. I didn't know what it is, but I knew that it's not stars, it's not gas, not uh, cold, not hot. Not hot. But it, what it was, I didn't know. Jan, your work on um, the galactic models led to the realization that there is dark matter at large radii, and that led you in a rather natural way to the theory of galaxy formation, I believe. And that, in turn, then led to what we now call the discovery of the cosmic web. Can you maybe tell us in what steps that process developed? Actually, <coughs> this um, the web story started in uh, '74 when I made a report on the dark matter on this Seldorich seminar in uh, winter school. And um, uh, my uh, basic point was that it is a new population, and the total density to the dark matter is roughly 20% of uh, critical cosmological mm -hmm. density. And I also showed that no uh, known form of matter, no, uh, mm -hmm. stars and, and uh, no hot, uh, cold gas, can, uh, can, can be responsible. And for Zeldovich, it was a great surprise. He was interested in the, the formation of galaxies, but he didn't know that something new is in this stuff. And yes. so he and his collaborator started to think, and we started to think together. And then, in the same uh, no, evening, he invited me to his apartment in, uh, in, in, in the school, uh, made uh, suggestions that our team uh, helps him to find uh, some observational evidence uh, which can be used in order to discriminate between different galaxy formation scenarios. It was one by Zeldovich, then by Osanoi, the viral theory, yes. and then by Peebles. But at this time, uh, it was not known what to do, what, what we have to search. Yes. And initially, we had no idea, absolutely no idea. Our team uh, was concentrating uh, association to galaxies, not to cosmology in mm -hmm. general. And Saar, mm -hmm. uh, who joined our team, he was theoretical cosmologist, no? Open or closed universe yes, or something like this. No observations. Nobody had experience. So we started to think what to do. And the, uh, the basic argument we found from our previous experience uh, was doing galaxy populations. Galaxy populations are very stable. That means they hold kinematic structure yes. for long period. Yes. That means for, um, uh, studying the present uh, stage, we can make conclusions on the previous, no? so, even yes. Linden, Belsendi, Shapo. It is just the same, yes. uh, same point of view. And then, when we estimate, uh, no, uh, galaxies are small, maybe no, maximum 100 uh, uh, kiloparsecs. Yes. If, if uh, we look larger, uh, volumes, no, megaparsecs, uh, 100 megaparsecs, mm -hmm. this must be even more conservative. Yes. Uh, it must, uh, con uh, the present stage must reflect initial stage. Yes. 
And then we got the idea in order to understand uh, the, the problem. Then we have to study the large scale distribution of galaxies. What this means, uh, what comes out, we didn't know. We had no. no idea what comes out. It was just for us also a surprise. Yes. And then uh, the standard ideas that perhaps the universe was isotropic and beautifully homogeneous uh, were turned out to be not completely correct. Because what did you find? What, um, what we found, actually we, uh, we uh, in our team, we had three different approaches. Because we didn't know beforehand which approach can, uh, no? gives results. So you have One to try. is just we built using sticky clusters white chicky because the density, uh, spatial yes. density is more than 10 times higher than Abel cluster. So uh, it is uh, better, how to say, uh, no shows uh, large scale structure. Yes. One, then uh, uh, one collaborator studied in uh, Palomar plates, individual uh, no mm -hmm. galaxies, yes. clusters, and Michael Joever, he uh, no came to the idea just before uh, we started, these wedge diagrams were invented. Yes. That means uh, location where distances and angular, yes. uh, angular distance. So you see the spatial distribution. Yes. And second, plots of the objects, no, uh, uh, all clusters we could have, and individual no, groups or so. Um, and uh, important was we excluded very distant objects, only nearby. So mm -hmm. uh, the spatial structure could be seen on, on face and in and distance. In the and then we saw that there is structure. That means clusters, they form giants, yes. as we called them initially. No, now filament is We now call them filaments, yes. And they uh, join superclusters to a single network. We used the first cellular structure because Seldovich uh, numerical simulations gave roughly, uh, very roughly, yes. uh, this result. But later we understood that there are no pancakes, no flat surfaces, only uh, these uh, no tips, yes. uh, knots, uh, and no clusters, and filaments. Uh, and uh, no small sheets, but not complete, uh, mm -hmm. no, uh, isolating this alone, yes. and voids. Yes. And second, what uh, with, uh, this we did also with Michael. We looked at the detailed structure uh, of these clusters. In Perseus uh, supercluster, all clusters were elongated along the side. Uh, main galaxies in, uh, in, uh, in these clusters, were all, they were all special types. It's a uh, supergiant yes. uh, or uh, radioactive, that means uh, uh, not X-ray, yes. that means special, that means they are physical systems and some physical processes which are connected to large scale. So, indeed, and but getting to these results, there was also work being done in the West, uh, various conferences were important. Um, how got all of this accepted? Uh, actually, Zeldovich uh, wanted to have an international conference on cosmology. Uh, he made already one attempt, uh, yes. uh, 73 in Krakow, but then his results uh, 
uh, were not accepted, and he wanted uh, not to do something more. And uh, it was clear that only in, uh, in North, uh, within Soviet Union or, or the socialist countries yes. it is possible, because Soviet people cannot go to, to Western no. countries. So uh, his uh, su suggestion was to have it in Tallinn. No, it's easier yes. to, uh, to organize as in, in Moscow. And so uh, we started preparations. Uh, I was happy to be uh, 73 in IAU, Yes. to be in the meeting of the scientific uh, organizing committee. So the basic question was who will be the head of the uh, organizing committee. I suggested Malcolm Longcair because he uh, was uh, a few years before in Moscow, worked with, uh, with Seldovich, yes. and um, he was familiar with the Soviet system, and Seldovich trusted him. So he was the head. It was a very good choice because yes. he was extremely good organizer. So, and the, the, the general, how to say, agenda was accepted. Uh, at this time, in '73, we didn't know still what the results are. No. Only next year we got basic results. And when the conference really uh, took place, then uh, four different groups had similar results. Um, uh, one was uh, Brentali, local yes. supercluster, he used his uh, yes. uh, radio observations, uh, neutron mm -hmm. hydrogen line, and then uh, one uh, was, was, uh, what was later published by Gregory Thompson, uh, Coma supercluster, yes. and one uh, group, Hercules supercluster. Basic results were the same. Superclusters are much bigger, they contain filaments and serafilaments, uh, voids be yes. between them. And uh, in our case, uh, and it was only in our uh, report, we got the whole network. We couldn't observe ourselves, but we used the whole northern hemisphere. And then this was needed to see the whole picture, filaments joining uh, superclusters to a uh, network and also these physical aspects, yes. ac active galaxies uh, and so on. But at this time people understood, but I made a, one error in my representation in this. I uh, uh, cited Seldovich's work as one possibility to, to explain it. Mm -hmm. And actually uh, this was uh, 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 not accept, well, how to say, uh, understood as a strong argument for Seldovich and ac against Peebles. And that at this time it was a uh, uh, look from the East-Western ah, confrontation. Yes. And only later scientific arguments were, but it, was, it came later. And the outcome was, as far as I understand it, that uh, the Seldovich pancake theory was not the whole story but it is part of the story, as is the hierarchical part yeah. of the story, which was the people's part. Yeah. And therefore, it worked Actually, out very well. Right. Yes, exactly. But the sequence of uh, events is a little bit um, uh, different <laughs> from <laughs> that which, uh, what was uh, supposed uh, initially. Yes. But this is natural. We don't know. That's how we do science. Yeah, it's, yeah. So very the good. first, how to say, physical uh, event is just uh, collecting particles uh, to uh, to to uh, uh, collapse, 
from different sites. Mm -hmm. This is a pancaking process. And inside pancake the systems form and start the hierarchic clusters. Yes. Both processes work. Much of your working career here at the Tartu Observatory took place when Estonia was part of the uh, USSR. How did it impact your life as a researcher? Actually, uh, inside the Soviet Union, we could uh, travel to other observatories without no, uh, any problem. So, uh, uh, contacts with other groups, uh, it was, this was okay. But to the to, to rest of the world, it was very difficult, even uh, to, to this you know, so-called um, um, uh, socialist republics, we needed special permissions uh, to, to go there. It was easier to, uh, than to, to Western countries, but um, uh, we needed uh, permissions anyway. And the procedure uh, to, to get permission, it was very complicated. For instance, Kuzmin never wanted to go through all this labyrinth of, of difficulties. But uh, no, I was younger, and um, and uh, uh, yeah, no, step by step I succeeded. My first um, uh, no, how does it uh, attempts request? They were uh, thrown back. I, I I couldn't come, and um, for the first time I could go uh, to to an international conference. It was in Prague. Uh, was 67, yeah, IIU. Yeah, then uh, 70, uh, already in London, uh, Brighton, yeah. But of course, within a Soviet delegation. Yes. So uh, many times I was, how to say, checked uh, as member of the Soviet team, uh, is everything okay or not? And the first time was I was, uh, when I was uh, uh, alone, it was, uh, it was 72, Heidelberg Observatory invited me uh, for a visit, one month visit. And then I had, I had uh, access to other observatories, but it was, it was not a conference. And, uh, and um, the next conference was, yeah, already in, in mid-70s. And from then on, it was already easier. And longer visits, they were, uh, only starting 1980, first to Cambridge, then ESO, and later I was quite often in, in ESO and, and Cambridge too, and it was already easy. But sometimes, even in 80s, my request was delayed so I, I could come. So it was always a risk. And uh, actually, this was very important to have contact with, with uh, the rest of the community, not only inside Soviet Union. Because the develop, development of this stuff, dark matter, web, it uh, took place simultaneously here and there. I've seen a picture of you sitting proudly behind an Apple computer. Um, it's maybe on your website, and yeah. I believe it says that you think that you may have been the first owner of a Mac uh, of an Apple computer in in Estonia. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Actually, uh, when I was in America, uh, 70, I think 79, yeah, it was a um, conference uh, uh, dedicated to programs of Hubble Telescope in Princeton. And th th there in shop, I have seen 
uh, first uh, personal computers, not yet uh, uh, Apple. No, very, very simple, uh, simple. You have to put it together home and so on. And then in, in 80, in, in Moscow, there was an uh, exhibition of scientific uh, uh, instruments. And then uh, first uh, personal computers. One was um, uh, 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 Tandy, TRS-80, and then Apple II. And then I don't remember how we got the uh, uh, foreign currency. But anyway, we succeeded to buy both, uh, uh, Tandy and Apple. And next year, ah, uh, the same year I was in Cambridge, and I met uh, uh, some people uh, who worked in the, uh, this uh, uh, plate measuring machine, uh, software. And they were contacted, uh, they had contact with, with um, uh, Apple too. So. And um, then uh, we agreed that they make a, a special expedition next year in Tallinn to expose uh, Apple to computers, and then we can buy. So, and we succeeded too. So we had uh, two uh, Apple computers, one for general purpose, and second I had in my own uh, uh, office. And since then, I used only personal computers for, for my computing. It was already uh, you know, some floppy disks, so I could use Fortran programming. I started to learn programming at this time. Early, I used you know, logarithmic rules and simpler computers, but um, uh, special help was needed because um, it was was a way practical computer. It was very, very complicated. Then I had everything under control. Very good. And publishing in English? I mean, I, I personally regret very much that uh, Kuzmin's masterpiece paper from 1956 was the last, was published in the Russian journal, and it was the last year that was not translated later on into English. And I believe that has not helped dissemination of his results, and this this clearly was a problem. Uh, yeah, uh, when we started uh, publishing after the war, uh, no, first years it was uh, not possible to publish anything, so it was very, very turbulent, uh, turbulent years. And then in, in early 50s, 52 actually, uh, it was possible to restore publishing Tartu Observatory publications. And Kuzmin was just the very first to, uh, who take use of this possibility. I, I helped uh, you know, to go to uh, typography, etc. And uh, But at this time, uh, only in, in Russian, only in Russian. And only in 60s, it was possible to publish English summaries. Text was uh, in, in Russian. And later, it was published all, all it is a full text in English, and even later to send somewhere abroad. So my first paper abroad was uh, Astronomische Nachrichten, uh, uh, 68, 68. And then, then I, uh, oh yeah. I understood that uh, I made a study in, in, in mid-60s 
citation. At this time, it was very difficult to get citation yeah. data. But anyway, I managed to, to follow how different journals have cited how different observatories. I found that our observatory has practically no citations. And uh, observatory publication in general also are very seldom cited in, in respect to, to journals. Then I understood that journals are needed and, and English-speaking journals. Yes, and I believe Seldovic also gave you that advice. Yeah, yeah. Great results yeah. should be published yeah. in great journals. Yes, he, but uh, when we were ready with, with this uh, dark matter stuff, we, uh, we made a short uh, note in, in a Soviet um, astronomical circular. And um, you Seldovic, it's, it's not enough. And then we tried in nature and we succeeded. Only the correspondence was very, very slow. So in the, uh, we had a preprint too. In preprint, uh, everything was okay, of course. But in the uh, nature, where the tables uh, were, for some uh, misunderstanding, omitted. And of course, you found out too late too. I, I found it, but but when I sent uh, back the uh, uh, no, uh, proofs, it was already too late to, to change. So, so it's a life. You address in your article also um, the way of doing research, contrasting somewhat a method where you work in relative isolation to keep an open mind and maybe afterwards check or find out what was done elsewhere with uh, a method that uh, is the opposite, if you wish, to make it rather black and white, where you try to know everything that's been done and then build on that. And uh, your um, Estonian colleague Öpik was clearly a firm proponent of the former method. You work in isolation, yeah. you work it all out yourself. And I believe someone like Feynman, the famous physicist, um, he at some point stated that as a good theoretical physicist, you needed to know the solution to every problem that had ever been solved, which is, in my view, the other approach, that you already know everything and build on it. Um, and I wondered what your thoughts were on this. Uh, you have some examples maybe from your own life on, on the pluses and minuses of both methods. Actually, I think that the first uh, uh, component here is to have the proper question. Yep. And, <laughs> and, and here uh, both Epic and, and Kuzmin and also Zeldovic later, yes. they are very good examples. Uh, uh, all three had very good general background mm -hmm. and they you know, had the feeling of the, you know, how to say, um, general, general position of the le uh, uh, level of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And uh, so questions had been asked. Of course, when Epic was young, very little was known on, on galaxies, on, on the structure of stars, and he asked a lot of different questions. When Kuzmin was young, he asked also questions, but of smaller scope. But yes. most general questions related to, to galaxy. This um, uh, brought him to the stellar dynamics. Yes. And um, when I started uh, 
uh, no, this was already more or less done. Uh, I made the next step to uh, to to understand the structure of galaxies in terms of populations. This was not very well known. It was known in very general terms, yeah. but not in detail, not in connection to dynamical uh, models. That's right. So the first is to have proper question. Yeah. Second is to have time to think on this. Mm -hmm. So did um, Epic, Kuzmin, Seldovich. To have time to think on this quietly and to have, how to say, a broader view, not only very narrow, but to have some connection of this problem to the general background. Uh, you have to, no, for, for instance, for Epic, he had very good uh, knowledge on biology, geology, and he used this in astrophysical yes. results. No, in case of Kuzmin, it was a little bit different. In my case, I had the knowledge of populations to, to, uh, to build it in dynamical models. Yes. Uh, and then you have uh, to think how, how to put all this together. So you have the question and then you need the next step. How are you going to yeah. try to answer it? Yeah, try to answer. And if the answer is, is there, then you have to be uh, no, quick in writing down results. Sometimes it's not, not so easy, but uh, if you are, uh, are polishing results too much, then you are late. Right. That means um, new, not only in, in the sense of publishing, new questions uh, are actual. You start to think on, on the next problem uh, and you forgot the first one. <laughs> so to stop in proper time is also imp important, to write it down. And the, the next question is in w uh, what way? Yes. Uh, first we used to, to use only uh, Russian. Then I understood that it is not enough in English and in proper journal. And the way of getting to a result, I fully agree and sympathize with the, the view that at some point you have to start writing it up, otherwise you never finish and you miss next opportunities. But I thought you also learned from Kuzmin a little bit on, okay, now we have the question, how do we go and solve it? Um, where you would use some sort of successive approximation, get the key items first, and perhaps then go on later. Exactly. Um, yeah, this was uh, one of successes of both Kuzmin and, and Epic, and I think Zeldovich too. They all three were able to isolate the most important factor, yes. and then maybe no, some other important factors, and to eliminate non-important. Non this was a key element in uh, understanding, yes. because if you uh, look the problem only from mathematical point of view and don't understand important physical processes, no, in Epic's case yes. it was a stellar in, in interior yes. and energy sources, all previous authors have ignored some, some, some elements of this mixing, uh, mixing, no, some other, but he uh, selected just important uh, uh, aspect of the phenomenon and ignored the rest and then find 
more or less accurate resu uh, result using all the important factors. Kuzmin did exactly the same. Yes. Very good. And then coming back briefly again to the topic, topic of publishing, um, you already summarized how there was an evolution in the thinking here about um, to make sure that once you have your results, um, that they are then also read, because that's in my view part of the, the story. Eh? You, you work possibly in relative isolation with the method you've just described. Yeah. At some point, if no one knows about it, then it's nice for you to have solved the problem, but then no one knows about it, so it has to be published. Mm, actually, uh, so it's a life if uh, something is um, uh, relatively new and um, uh, particularly uh, uh, it is uh, opposite to, to general, no, how to say, belief, no, paradigm, yes. then it's not so easy to publish it. I, I had several times um, this difficulty. One uh, first time when, when the cosmic wave stuff, uh, my paper uh, for months in notices was almost a year hmm. and I was sent back and forth. Uh, the referee asked uh, not to, to change fundamental aspects of, of the, of the uh, story. And uh, I believe that the main argument was that it was so uh, different from the, the general concept. Uh, and uh, Epic had the same difficulty, yes. and this is a problem. And uh, uh, Epic find the solution to publish in terms to observe the publications. But um, uh, in our case, uh, no, we at this time, uh, no, web was still not, uh, and if I would publish it in, in uh, Tarto publications, even in English, nobody uh, paid attention. So. Uh, uh, the only solution was change uh, the paper, polish, to uh, leave some important aspects behind and to, to publish it in next paper, on, on the over next. And so I did. So the basic results on Cosmic Wave were published the uh, you know, first time uh, in different papers, not in, in a single yes. paper. We already had the results but it was very difficult to publish. Yeah, that's indeed a topic that Opik also addressed in his prefatory chapter written in yeah. 1977. Um, and he had many examples. And I think he, he makes a statement there along the lines that um, uh, it's pretty easy to publish mediocre results or middle of the road results, let me call them that. Yeah. That is easy for the journals and for the referees to accept. And that it is harder if you have a an unexpected result, yeah. meaning a discovery. Um, now, you mentioned in your book a discussion you had with Rashid Shunyaev in 1973, yeah. who said to you that um, any results uh, discovered in the Soviet Union or in its states um, would only be accepted uh, if it had been uh, rediscovered or also published by um, astronomers in, in the West. Maybe he said North America, I don't quite remember it, but in the West. And I've been thinking about this. On the one hand, it had to do with um, 
this tendency of um, our society more generally to, to follow indeed the beaten path or to trust what is done in certain trusted institutions, known institutions, yeah. and you had to be part of the club. Um, part of it may be simply because uh, we in the West were not being taught Russian in school and therefore, but we were taught English. Um, so it was not so easy to access the publications. Yeah. And I was just wondering whether today, now that we have the uh, ADS system and the, the preprint archive, which is open to the world, yeah. and it is easy to put papers yeah. on, whether you think that whole situation is now changed for the better, uh, because all these walls yeah. between journals and countries have yeah. come down. This is one possibility, of course, and uh, uh, our younger people uh, sometimes um, uh, do. Um, something is, is only sent uh, to uh, uh, archive yes. and, and that's it. Uh, but uh, this is only half solution. You, you have to try again and again, finally you succeed. Yes. Uh, my experience is, uh, no, uh, in difficult situations, just a cosmic web. In, in our uh, later publications, it was already a little bit easier. Yes. And the final acceptance was when uh, this Harvard team, CFA, yes. Redshift Showers, when this was published, it was 10 years later. But it was, it was so, no, first it was simple and, and from a basic center. And the survey was made really Really uh, very well, in, yes. in a very in a very good way. The real first large area, uh, relatively deep, continuous survey. It is very important. Some other surveys which were made in system in in uh, uh, in eighties. Yes. No, uh, two degree field survey. Just uh, uh, punches. Yes. Uh, but uh, to understand the web uh, as a no. Uh, Complex phenomena. It's not enough. It's not not only a statistical problem. It is statistical problem too, but you have to understand the structure, and exactly. this is the key element. And in CFA, it was the first time yes. in, in a broad area, so it was excellent survey. Very and good. Then it was accepted. Yes. So, so this brings us actually quite naturally to the final topic I wanted to discuss with you. It's basically a question to you, looking back over your career and the things you've learned and the topics we've discussed already, what advice would you give astronomers, young astronomers that are starting out today, knowing full well that the world has changed a lot? Yeah. Uh, it seems to me that the first, first problem is to find a good mentor. Yeah. As I had Cosmin, and no, through Cosmin also yes. epic traditions. This is a key element. Yes. If you don't have it, you are lost. You, 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 in very rare cases, you, you can uh, have it not so independently. You have to have good uh, knowledge in basic science. I mean, yes. mathematics, physics. This was my problem. I had bad uh, knowledge in, in uh, physics, so I needed help of N Ensar. He was very good physicist. So we, we, yes. we, we were a team. Yeah, but you realized you needed help, which is also important. Oh yeah, yes. oh yeah. And then <laughs> you you must be open to uh, 
collaboration. Yes. And you have to visit other places around. All this is extremely important to have uh, different opinions. Yes. Then you have uh, you have the possibility to build up your own, uh, how to say, uh, world model. Yes, and your own way of doing research, yeah. learning from your so, mentors yeah. and your colleagues. Yes. And um, uh, this actually, I see. It seems to me that all these aspects are Im important. Otherwise, if you are in complete isolation, you you cannot uh, you cannot you you don't understand the problem. You, you don't fi find the proper problem. Uh, if you yes. don't have the uh, methods, you you are amateur. Yes. So, yes, exactly. Amateur is very good. Yes, and but, very but uh, it's not enough. No. Very good. Well, thank you very much for this very interesting discussion. And thank you for asking interesting questions. <laughs> thank you very much. Mm -hmm.